Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. I'm your host, Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother, Jack. Jack, we have now had a full week of baseball since... Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, since opening day was one week ago. Today. Yeah, we went we went through the rotation. We've gone so, through the whole rotation. Speaking of that, you were at back-to-back opening days. One for the Boston Red Sox and then one for the Worcester... Woo Sox? Is Woo Sox their name? Or are they the Worcester? No, Red it's Sox? just a nickname. They're the Worcester Red Sox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, shouts to my buddy yeah. Mike Lawton who... Went ahead and got the Woo Sox Twitter handle yeah. years before it actually happened. And he got to negotiate some uh, some rights or some privileges, I should say, for to give that up. So good for him. But, Jack, talk about the opening days. Uh, well, Boston's opening day was far more fancy than Worcester's opening day. Um, both David Ortiz were... was at both, though. Yeah, he was a real surprise guest in Worcester. Uh, very jealous of the kids from North High who not only won the state championship, but then got to meet Poppy on the field. Uh, but it was great. Um, you you literally can't do anything to beat the excitement of opening day. It is it is just fun. It's a bunch of people who, and to be honest, you know, not a lot of high expectations for this team, but a lot of people were excited to go there and just have baseball back in uh Fenway is still Fenway, man. It's still cool to go there and watch baseball be played there. Um, everything else surrounding it, you know, pricing and, and all the building that they should do to make the seats, you know, face the field. But uh, it's still awesome. Love it. Yeah, I went to a couple, I think 2012 and 2013, and those were complete opposite seasons. One team finished horribly in last place and one team won the World Series. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's... a lot of um. A lot of conversation before the game uh, in the dugout, which is the nice little uh, establishment right across the street, was that the hopes were this would turn into some kind of 2013 team and catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, But yeah, those were definitely two different teams. So to catch lightning in a bottle, Jack, the uh, starting pitching might have to change. So we are six games into the season. And let me just run through some starting pitching numbers for you. One and four record in 25 innings. Uh, 4.6 walks per nine innings. 4.6 home runs per nine innings. One third of the fly balls go out of the baseball field, out of the park. They have an ERA of 8.53. And (laughs) Fangraphs has this stat, which is FIP, which is... um, Fielder independent independent pitching pitching. for those listeners. It takes completely everyone but the pitcher out of the equation. And it's basically that the ERA calculated by that. That is currently sitting at 9.2. And then their fan graphs war is negative one. So starting pitching has cost them a game. I would say it's cost them about four games, but yeah, of course of a different color. Well, for sure. Um, They are not facing uh juggernaut offenses either i think the orioles astros i think the orioles are uh better offensively than people give them credit for um i don't think that way of the pittsburgh pirates but um it's just you know and and you had sent a text um that uh, you know o'brien had said it Alex Cora said it. I can't believe the ball's flying out of Fenway like this this early in the season. 
when you throw 93 mile an hour fastballs right down the middle to major league teams, the ball is going to jump off the bat. Regardless, the wind has done more to keep the ball in the ballpark than any pitcher has in Fenway. Cause the other night, Andrew McCutcheon hit a rocket to right field that got knocked down. It would have been another first inning home run. Yes, it is. It's incredible. I shared some visuals on my Twitter account at Tom John Brown too, John with an H and they are middle, middle fastballs. Chris sales was up middle, middle, middle and down middle. Yeah. Like the other ones you saw with, whether it be Kluber or cutter Crawford, they were in the zone, but not middle, middle still in the zone. Sales were middle, 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 middle. And um, uh, yeah, out of everybody, Chris Sale um, is the most worrisome mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because not only was he, he I mean, he had a, a bunch of strikeouts to go with the runs he gave up, um, but he's not he's not nearly missing the caliber bat that he should. He's striking out the hitters that, you know, um, aren't driving the ball, but anybody with some pop in that lineup is seemed to be getting the barrel on the ball. And it's, uh, he doesn't look good at all. None of, he had one good wipeout slider, I think in that whole game, but I, it, it's scary to think like he's going against the tigers today at one. Um, it's going to be cold. It's a day game. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to watching him pitch today. Neither am I. Um, it... And again, they started against the Orioles, Pirates, and Tigers. That is a pretty good way to run up your season, to run up some wins. I feel like if the if the Tampa Bay Rays started this, they they're already six and zero. They would start at nine and zero or ten and zero. Yeah. They also, so the sale game was. It got overlooked by Adam Duvall just crushing. Yeah, it sure did. It most was, of the opening, most of how badly they played in the opening series was overshadowed by Adam Duvall. Yes, the sale thing. It's he's makes thirty million dollars. We've discussed this. We've talked about it. It's getting to a point where he's not a, a pitcher, a starting pitcher anymore. It's a no. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's getting a, to. Do we move you to the bullpen so you can just go max for an inning as a lefty? Yeah. Yeah. That worked if, great in the ninth inning of the 2018 World Series. Yeah. I'm just, it's like he can keep saying, like, I've never been more embarrassed on a baseball field. He can keep saying all this stuff. But if he keeps going out there and giving up seven runs, you have to make a decision. Yeah. Not only that, he he's getting into Chris Davis territory where he makes too much money to move him to the bullpen. He makes way too much money to play in Worcester. So it's basically like trotting him out there every five days to watch him throw 93 down the middle. Because even when he was pissed and he gave up that home run to um, Mount Castle, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, he, he reared back and threw 97 to the next batter. Right. and Which, great. Yeah. If you yeah. can sustain 97, that's great. But he can't if he's pissed. And the next pitch was 94 and sent to the back wall in center field. 
yeah, Yuke was like, oh, yeah, now he's pitching mad. And it's like, okay, great for three pitches. And yeah. I, I just don't get. Overall, overall, the only guy who looked like he had any bit of stuff was Tanner Houck. Right. And even he got he got roughed up a little bit. I think, yeah, I think he let up, what, two home runs? But yeah. he he got out of there giving up three runs, which I is fine with me for a starting yeah. pitcher. Um, The other guys, I don't think it's fair for Cutter Crawford a little bit. I think he kind of got the shaft because I think he can be an effective yeah. um, reliever. Yeah. But I do, too. Not, just, not in a back end of the bullpen guy, but definitely somewhere in the middle to to give you some innings for sure. Right. When Chris Dale goes out of the th- out in the third. Um, yeah. Or when he's out with an injury in May. Yeah. But yeah, the so it, even and I get that a lot, a lot. And I actually don't get why a lot of people out here like him. Nick Pavetta does absolutely nothing for me. I just I listen. I'm sure he's a great person. And, but the way he pitches, man, he is in the zone pretty much all the time and not well, like know, throwing he's... strikes, not like throwing strikes and getting ahead. He is getting hit hard in the zone. And if he's pitching the contact, he should stop. Yeah, he's uh, he's Canadian. People like him. He's a nice Canadian boy. Um, okay. Well, but again, just the, the thing about Pavetta for me is in his first two years with the Red Sox, he made 31 and 33 starts or 30 and 33 starts. I should say mm-hmm. his ERA has been four and a half both times. He, but last year he gave you 180 innings. That's fine for your four or five guy. The problem yeah. is, is they're expecting him to be a little more than that, which I like, I like him as a four or five guy, but not better than that. So if you can tell me, Eventually, it will settle where I can see uh, it go Whitlock, Hauk, Bayo, then Pavetta. I'm fine with that. But I need you to stop. What I need is you to stop telling me the injured veterans in Sale, Paxton, and Kluber are going are gonna to help. Yeah. That's what I need to – I need that to stop. Yeah. Well, the James Paxton thing is, is hilarious that people think yeah. he's – going to give anything if he comes out and strikes out one batter uh people will say like oh paxton's back and it's no no it's not he's not well, back he did he that has in never spring... he has never pitched he did that in spring training yeah. and then was hurt in the second inning yeah he's never pitched for the red sox so that's that's what i look at with james paxton um yeah, uh, they're they're the the five guys that they have, and I mean I know Whitlock is gonna factor into this sooner rather than later, and he's gonna be so welcome because he pitched well when I saw him in Worcester. It was it was great, um, but man, as of right now, you can't do anything without starting pitching, regardless, especially in this division. And I know they're playing the division less times this year, um, but if you're starting each game in a 3-0 hole, you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. That's 100% true. They have given up runs in, I think, four of the six first innings so far. Is that accurate? I believe that's... That is accurate. 
So just, you know, just to say, just to quote, that's not what you want. Aaron Boone said that once. And it's not what you want. And we hardly ever quote Aaron Boone on the show. Oh, my God. They gave up. It's just ridiculous. It's. <laughs> I, I'm like. Tom is real. Tom is real time scanning the box score. OK, so games. it's half. It's half the half the games they've given up a run. Oh, yeah. First Pavetta and Kluber both and got Hulk. out unscathed. Yeah, that's right. So. That it's just. It's the the thing we've been seeing the past couple of years with this team where then it's like, well, you know, Schreiber, he hasn't been that good. The bullpen's been this, the bullpen's been that, but they're coming in the fourth inning of every game. So what are you going to do? True. That's not fair it's to tough. the bullpen arms. And then we're shitting on them and saying, well, they're not effective. They don't have a good bullpen, but they're not starting in the sixth yeah. inning or the seventh inning. No kidding. A guy like John Schreiber is probably going to have – 100 to 110 appearances this year, which is not going to be great for John no, Schreiber. That's 40 too like, many. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I love the additions at the back end of their bullpen. Yeah. I mean, Chris Martin and uh, Kenley Jansen have been great and fun to watch, but uh, yeah, there, I, I don't know how many saves Kenley Jansen is going to get or even how many save opportunities, because it looks like they're always going to be uh, having to bat in the bottom of the ninth or having to bat to put something together in the eighth or ninth inning. Yeah, it. it's just everything, not just our podcast, but every Boston person, fan, writer, everyone said all spring training is a lot of questions with pitching. And it's true. It's just come to light. Mm -hmm. Then on the other end of the spectrum, every time they've gotten down, the team is, except against the, the last two games against the Pirates, they've fought back. the the yep. team The team came out swinging, which was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, sure. Which it sucks um, to think that if they just had six innings of a pitcher starting pitcher giving up three runs, how much they would be up by in all these games. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I think that you said it, you know, almost directly on the nose where you said they came out swinging. Um, I almost think that because they came out swinging in the fashion they did, uh, a lot of that was, was them really running into some stuff. Um, I don't think that any player has shown a good approach at the plate. Um, I think that they are trying to make something happen. Uh, and I think that now, you know, in the Pirate series, you're seeing more missed bats than you were these big shots in the gap and in home runs. Um, they were very hot, nine runs a game against the Orioles. Uh, or I think it was nine, nine and seven or something like that. But I, I then going to the Pirates, they're having the same at bats. They're not walking a lot with the exception of Justin Turner. Um, and now they're, they're swinging and missing. I mean, for a guy like Tristan Casas, who we talked about all spring, having this unbelievable approach at the plate 
that seems to be the same every single time. I have not have I have not seen him take one of those at bats into the regular season yet. The only guy that's consistently hitting the ball hard almost every time he's up is Rafael Devers, which is terrific to see. Um, and then I think Adam Duvall is going to regress back, you know, to the mean. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, as much as they, they overperformed in the first three games, I, I unfortunately don't think I'm fooled at all by those, those, that run outbursts. They're having bad at bats. Yeah. I think that's the, that point you just made is the perfect example of facing the Orioles and the pirates. Cause when you face, God damn, I watched Aaron Nola versus Garrett Cole yesterday Garrett Cole might strike out 17 of these guys with a yeah, current he approach. Looks, he but, looks really nasty. So Nestor Cortez, every single oh, pitcher Shane on McClan- the Oh, Shane McClanahan, yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's going to be a problem all year it, long. Again. I mean, they made Mitch Keller They made Mitch Keller look like a Cy Young winner Yeah. yesterday. Right now, they and turn- they were having the same at bats. They were they were having the same at bats versus the Orioles. They were swinging early in the count, but they were hitting balls out of the yard and off the monster. Um, Masataka Yoshida and Tristan Casas seem to be trying to hit home runs over the bullpen every single time they're up, which is a terrible approach because the only thing, or, I mean, the thing that made. David Ortiz, one of the greatest hitters in Red Sox history, is taking the ball off the monster and trying to do that at every plate appearance, um, which it just looks like they got away from it. Every time Yoshida swings, it looks like he is stepping in the bucket, like behind himself, getting way out in front and trying to rip the ball down the line. Yeah, I'm going to. I think he is definitely tr- just trying to do too much. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I he think loves he's, the crowd, man. The crowd loves him too, but I don't like the I don't know if I'm sold on the Yoshi chance. I think they're totally no, under he's actually Macho Man, which he liked that's yeah, his name. I thought he said it was Ma he wants people to chant Masa instead of Yoshi, but I think he likes being go- it's like me instead of going by Thomas, going by Tom. I think he, that's yeah. why OB is calling him Masa, which is sure. That's your name. I'm all for it. Yeah. But I think the macho man, he should come up to the with the graduation theme. There should be macho man like oh ooh yes all the time. Mm-hmm. I think they're un, they're just totally missing it the point here. But not everyone grew up watching the WWF. So and then Casas. Yeah, I think again, I think he gets swept up in the moment a little bit. That's then, for sure what's happening. It's funny, that though. Is, that is for sure what's happening. He looks like he's pressing. He doesn't even look like the same player from his last spring training game. Where he would go up there and, and I'll take five pitches. I don't care. I'm not swinging this bat. It, like, it's just. um, Yeah, I think he's trying to whip the crowd into a frenzy. And I don't know. I, I think that. They ran into balls against the Orioles that they didn't run into against the Pirates while having the same approach, which is just swing as hard as you can and rope this fucker. 
Yeah, right now they're walking 8% of the time and striking out 20% of the time. <laughs> uh, that's not great. I'm trying to find their fly ball home run rate, which is usually like, oh, there it is, batted ball. It's usually, yeah, 12% of their fly balls are being turned into home runs, which is kind of not what you want. I mean, it is what you want, but it, it gets everyone thinking, let's mash. Let's let mash on that ass. So I agree it's not great. And, uh, you know, it's this, it's this same thing. It's like groundhog day. I feel like Ned Ryerson's coming up, you know, needle nose Ned every day. Kike Hernandez takes these hell hacks and then he runs into two and people lose their mind. And then you're like, can we watch the rest of the at-bats where he's taking the same swing and it's just not, it's not happening. He did hit a Coke, Coke bottle blast. They got to bring the Coke bottles back. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've i said, I, I've said all I've needed to say about Kike Hernandez. That's exactly what kind of player he is. Every single time is a giant uppercut swing so he can try to hit it onto Lansdowne Street. I... Yeah, he's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to do it sometimes. But if anybody is there thinking, oh, here he comes, this is the year, you're wrong. You're not correct. I'm one, sorry. I'd, I'd love it. I'd love it to be, but that's just not going to happen. One thing I will, I do want to say about this season and Kike Hernandez so far. The lineup, he's where he should be. He's seven or eight. Yeah. I eight or nine, eight or nine. He's only eight. eight. He's only, he's only not nine when Connor Wong's in there. So I have been asking myself, I'm stopping people down at the local grocer saying, Hey, why did they move Alex Verdugo from the leadoff spot after he was really, really good at it in 2020? No one knows the answer. The cashiers are saying, I don't know what you're saying to me. Stop talking to me. Please, there's a line. You're sir. holding up the line. <laughs> You've been talking about this for 30 minutes now. But I it made no sense. Alex Verduga gets traded here. You're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. He's not Mookie Betts, but he's pretty good. And he's a good spot here in the top of the order. They put him back there. He's been doing fine. Yeah. He actually does look good. He's taking he's 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 swinging the bat well. Um but he's, that he's also swinging moves the bat well. Kike Hernandez down to the eight hole, and it's like Listen, if you're going to be the eight hitter and hit 240 and just try and hit home runs and every now and then knock one out of the park, fine. But yeah, if he hits if he hits 240, um, that's about 20 to 30 points higher than his career average. So I'd absolutely take that. We're looking at Mendoza line, Kike Hernandez, if, if we're being perfectly honest, playing a below average shortstop. I, I know. Every time. He throws the ball to first base. I think to myself, where is this going? I, um, have you noticed how <laughs> sloppy the turns uh, seem? Even oh, my Romeo, God, it's who's horrible. A, who's the second baseman? I'm like, this doesn't match it's up. It's horrible. He's not a good second baseman. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good there. 
Um, no, the up the middle defense is horrible. They haven't. I know we're going to talk about this when we get to the MLB portion of the show. They haven't thrown out a runner yet. They haven't thrown out oh. a, a a base runner to an attempted steal. I don't understand what the value of Reese McGuire is. He's yeah, not well, a good catcher. He just, does not have an arm, and he can't hit. Yeah, let's just uh, bring up Aquaman. Hale, if we're if or Hale Faro. If we're just gonna punt on stolen bases. Um, they have one of the best defensive catchers of all time in their dugout. He must be losing his mind when yeah. watching these guys just walk to second base. Like yeah. that is, I didn't even re I, like the actual um, 100% stolen base rate against the Red Sox. That's not a made up number. It is 100%. Because neither Wong or Maguire can throw a runner out. And, you know, spoiler it, neither one of them can hit either. Yeah. It's a tough It's a tough start. I mean, I think the two games that they won were, again, them running into the ball and Adam Duvall batting 600. Just a, a, a note to everybody, Adam Duvall is not going to bat 600 throughout the season. He's also... No. Not going to bat. He's probably not even going to bat around 300. He'll probably run into 30 or 35 home runs, maybe, just with that swing for the green monster. But, man. Well, that's, that's the appeal to him right now is just that yeah, right-handed pull swing. I think, unfortunately, they look a little worse than I thought going into the year. But helps on the way. Garrett Whitlock's yep. going to pitch Tuesday. Yep. Helps on the that's way. That's right. Helps on the way. But honestly, so you put Garrett Whitlock in, and I'd choose someone else, but they're going to replace Cutter Crawford, put him back in the bullpen. That's fine. I mean, that's the that's the move. That's the right move. So now you have Whitlock, Hauk, and Pavetta, who Pavetta, who's going to be steady, Eddie. Pavetta is going to get you a 4 to 4.5 ERA. You're just going to get it, and you're going to get 30 starts out of him, and that's that. So... Now we're talking Bayo at some point. Who the problem is is who mm -hmm. do do they have the stones to tell one of these veterans who are they going to move? I mean, it's what's going to happen is Kluber or Sale's going to get hurt, and then it's like, oh, great, now we can put Bayo in. But I it's not you know yeah, to use the line I from mean... Ma Mad Men. It's not great, Bob. Yeah, it's um I mean the Bayo thing, he's gonna make another rehab start in Florida because nobody wants to mess with the cold weather up here. So, I mean, we're looking at maybe May, possibly June for Bayo to come up, which um I mean, I, I get that they don't want to take any time and you know, at, at some point too, they're going I don't think they should. I don't think they really need it unless he just reverts back to form. They're going to put James Paxton in the rotation too. So James right. Paxton's going to replace one of those guys. He has to get um, cleared first. He has to stay healthy enough. Either to... Bloom. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. But that's it. when he is healthy, the Alex Cora and Haim Bloom are going to put him in the starting rotation. Right. There are no, no ifs, ands, buts about it. Um, but, and that, that for, for a guy like Bayo, 
you're like, all right, well, how many spots are there? Are they going to go to six guys in the rotation? Which is a, a probably a thing uh, from his raised time that High and Bloom would, you know, look into. I don't necessarily know what Cora thinks of a six man rotation. Um, I don't it, like taking. They'll probably just fight with from... you know, give a guy an extra day of rest because of all the injuries. Yeah, I just don't like get, taking a day away from your three solid mm-hmm. pitchers to to appease one of those veterans that are often hurt and past their prime. Oh yeah, I agree with you totally. Um especially these guys are such creatures of habit that just saying like, "Ah, oh, we're going to go to a six-man rotation. Y'all get an extra day off to fuck around." It's like that's not going to help anybody. Um but yeah, I I it's the starting pitching is so bleak. And the only hope is Brian Bayo who is rehabbing from forearm tightness that they basically shut him down at the beginning of uh spring training. So they're taking their time with him, which I understand. But at the same time, you know, you're going to gonna need him up here because Hulk Whitlock Bayo sounds a hell of a lot better than Sale Kluber Paxton. Not in 2014. It's not 2014. Oh, yeah, it was nine years ago. All right, Jack, because of your tea time, we're going no breaks right into the MLB wow. segment. That's Imagine right. that. Opening day today. Oh, opening day. We're at Berlin Country Club. Uh, Cyprian Keys. Wow. Oh, look at this big spender. Jeez. All right. All right. It's just my third year as a member there. No, no big. What? No biggie. Oh, Michael Jordan played there. You know that? He did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember when like it first opened, they made a big deal on the sign. They must have been playing the Celtics, the Bulls, because it was in the 90s yeah. that opened. Uh, yeah, 96. I remember, I remember driving by. Oh, yeah, perfect. Ooh, what a time to catch the Bulls against the Celtics. Um, They had a whole sign about Michael Jordan being there, and I don't and huh. he played it. Oh, yeah, I remember oh. it as a boy. But, Jack, let's talk game time here. Let's. Let's talk game time. I'm Tom, specifically what you said. Say the stat you said about Sandy Alcantara's complete game shutout and how long that game went. A full baseball game. It took an hour and 57 minutes. Oh, less than the length of a feature film. Oh, yeah. Well, then you better have an epic. If you're going over two hours, tell me a good story. I don't need you to draw shit out. But anyways. Dune. We're talking. We're talking Dune. I'll I'll sit. Yeah. I'll sit. Yeah. But, um... Can you imagine the Red Sox end the game? Here, let me paint you a picture. Garrett Whitlock throws a complete game shutout. The Red Sox win. Great. It's not even fucking nine o'clock at night. I honestly wouldn't talk know what about to do. telling a talk about telling a story like Dune, a complete game shutout by a Red Sox starter. <laughs> I, I'd I'd be looking around like, do I go to bed now? This is kind of my routine. The Red Sox. Yeah who loved to still just play three-hour games. Um, yeah, no kidding. Because you give up 10 pitching, runs a game. you would, Let's let's cut the 10-9 games to, to five to four and chop an hour off. But, oh, what a beautiful thing. Shouts to X. It, it, whatever, you know what is also great is you and I being such staunch subscribers to MLB TV, Throwing on an Angels game at 10 o'clock at night and having that not go past, well, it usually does, have it go past a little past midnight. 
just excellent. You're not staying up till two o'clock watching Shohei Otani pitch. It's it's fantastic. Who, by the way, Shohei Otani, under one ERA in the 18 innings he's pitched so far this year, or the 12 innings he's pitched so far. Um, yeah, we could put it in this way. Still good. Yeah. Still, Still the real deal. Make a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe right. that's what they're all waiting for for the starting pitching. Maybe they're just waiting to bring Otani in next year. I'm not doing it. I'm not even I'm not getting involved in that conversation. I'm not going to read about that conversation. I'm not doing that. Okay. Okay. I understand that. I understand that. I am going to. Well, Jack, you're only going to, you know what? Then you want yourself to have a broken heart. When he's on the Dodgers next year. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, okay, but yeah, going back to it. If... 238 through the first week. That's how long games are. And that's, again, with the Red Sox uh, pumping that time frame up. Yeah, but it's just like so nice to think like, oh, you know what? I didn't watch Manoa. I forget who he pitched against, but it was a pretty... Oh, Granky. I don't like Granky that yeah. much, but still. No. He got shelled. Granky has been did? actually... No, Manoa. Manoa's uh, been having... Um, he's not been having a great start to the year. Well, um, you're, you're oh, ruining my point. We didn't touch point. on it. Oh, sorry. My point was that it's nice to sit here, work from home. That really helps. But, like, I can pop that game on, and it doesn't take mm-hmm. my whole day. To yeah. like rewatch it if I want to say any game throughout the year. Yeah. But go ahead. What were you going to say we didn't talk about? Uh, the Verdugo Alex Manoa brewing beef. That's probably going to start some bad feelings. You hear what Verdugo said? No. It was last year. Manoa struck out a couple of guys and he's like, you know, Manoa's a, a big, uh, chest thumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, something like, yeah, that's right, or something like that as he struck him out, fired up. Mm-hmm. And Verdugo said on a podcast earlier this week, he's like, yeah, I just think that's bullshit. I just don't like it. He's not playing the game the right way. So, wow. I don't know, but Verdugo might see one in his ear hole. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Good. But I mean, I could take a rivalry to spice up some of these games because I think the Blue Jays are going to beat the Red Sox by 12 runs every game. Wow. Well, I guess I I'm I'm just I I looked it up as you were talking. He he telling telling batters to go sit down. Yeah. That's spicy. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. when he struck him out though. Sick yeah, no, that's what I mean. That kind of stuff. But it is spicy, but Franchi, I mean, this is... it was also Franchi and Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck. I, so I know the guys he's like defending are like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, not even that. It's like feel that way after it's Devers or Bogarts, but Dahlbeck and Franchi, that's what they do. Strike yeah, they up. strike out quite a bit, um, even in their new homes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the. Let's keep the game times down. I, I we talked about it all off season. We talked about it all spring. It's now national media guys who have said for years that baseball is boring are coming back and being like, "This is making it exciting again." Mm-hmm. Not having to sit there and watch a guy fiddle with his gloves and adjust his cup for a minute is really helping to keep the excitement and pace of like play up. It's it, I love it. I can't I can't tell you how much I love it. 
I hope they don't do the same thing they did with the sticky shit and let it get kind of lax going forward. Because there was one Red Sox game where there were so many mound visits. I was like, they need to nip this in the bud right now. Yeah. Yeah. Scherzer said, Scherzer's always trying to manipulate it, but also like talk, speaking out against it a little, saying he'd like him to turn it off if the pace of play remains the same If once people get into it. And he's like, just so games don't get decided. And I think it's going to be the opposite. I think people are going to get so used to it, violations just aren't going to happen. Unless you're being yeah. an asshole. If there's violations in yeah. June at the same rate as there are in April, I'd be shocked. That's true. I mean, on opening, I think it was opening day, Devers struck out um, on a violation to end an inning. It was. Um, you were there, so yeah. it was a little different on the broadcast. Cause it's weird. It's weird benefit. to see it in person. Yeah, because it's just like, wait, replay, what? Oh, right. The benefit of the replay. The pitcher wasn't set. Devers had two hands on the bat. Was just like taking a deep breath. And yeah, you got to be looking was, forward or something like that. Yeah, and people were just like, "Well, that's kind of a gray area. That's a little unfair." The Manny Machado one, however, did you see that? Right. Yeah, the Manny Machado. And we're he didn't get ejected. time, right? No, that no, was he Tim was Anderson. just standing in the box with it. Yeah, that was last night. Tim, Manny Machado had his bat under his shoulder, adjusting his gloves like it was last year. Yeah, at like seven seconds, and they got called out on, on strikes. And then he, you know, he Manny Machado it where he just thought, no, 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 I'm right, you're wrong, mm-hmm. and the ump tossed him. Yeah, get out of here. See you later. The other big thing that's been happening this year, Jack, is stolen bases. This is through the first week oh, of the season. God. Stolen yeah, bases give me, give me are numbers. up to 1.69 per game. And the success rate is one. There's 1.36 steals, like successful steals per game. And that equates to through 91 games, same amount of time. There are 87 last year. It's 89 attempts in 2022. There's 154 in 2023. The success rate is up from 68.5 to 80.5. I'm going to be so honest. Awesome. The 80, yes, the 80.5 was lower than I anticipated because I have seen one batter get one runner get thrown out. That's it. Yeah, right. Um, it It is actually lower, Um, but it, it's going to do a couple of things. One, it's going to value speed uh, and it's going to put speed back like at the top of a lineup. Like now you're like, okay, speed actually does kill because if you get a guy who can take second and even take third, you're talking about a guy who can walk into scoring position. Mm -hmm. The other thing that it's going to do, there are two more things I want to touch on. One that I think it's going to also make defensive catchers more valuable. We just got done talking how Connor Wong and Reese McGuire haven't thrown out a runner yet. If you have a guy like Yadi Molina, he would have loved this rule where all he did would just toss guys out at second base. He would have, I bet he would be, I mean, I know you can't throw over and check on a runner and he can pretty much walk off the base to second, but it's going to put a lot more um, value in a defensive base catcher with a rocket arm, which I love to see. It's very exciting to see a guy get thrown out at second or third on a steal attempt. Almost as exciting to see it just steals in general are exciting. The other thing that I think has been like long gone from baseball for a while 
that this is going to put back into play is we're going to see a 40-40 guy. Like, we're going to see a 40-40 guy this year or next. And that is super exciting. Yeah. Your boy, Trey Turner, maybe. It could be Trey Turner. Um, it could Ronald be my Acuna. real boy, Tatis. Um, if Tatis does it to be after missing 20 games, that'd Tatis be... almost hit 40 home runs with missing like a month and a half once. So he, he's got like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm high on Fernando Tatis. Um, an injury and some just straight up stupidity robbed a full year of his career last year, which sucks. But um, I, I'm excited to see what he can come back. Trey Turner is probably the leader for it because he'll have the full year, and I think he's way faster than Tatis. But How then again, is? you might have a guy who run into somebody who could have a 50-50 year. Yeah, and I think there I've now this isn't a take. This was on the athletic baseball show's bold predictions where you just kind of make, you know, I'll, just that. Just that. Enosaurus said, watch out for Ronald Acuna being a 50-50 guy. Mm. That was his like super bold prediction. And I was like, I mean, you forget about him because he tore his ACL and then was good to starting to get really good again by the end of the season last year. But he's really fucking good. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite going back to MLB TV and kind of off topic, one of my favorite teams to watch is has been the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, they just they got it all. Just throw on, just throw on a Spencer Strider game. Come on, put it on the TBS Superstation, and you got it. Seven o'clock. We don't have Nesson, but the Braves are on. Yep, Braves are always on. Pedro Martinez, the height of his powers. We don't have Nesson, Dad. Yeah. <sighs> Missed the Gerald Williams fight. Yeah, Cut. it was easy when it was on UPN. Way back in the day, the old Sean McDonough days. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up is on the other spectrum of pitching, the Tampa Bay Rays right now. Can I run through their pitching numbers? Uh, they are. This, these are just their starters. 5-0, 10.69Ks per nine inning, 2.25 walks. Their home run per nine in home run her fly ball rate is the exact same at zero. They have not let up a home run yet. 2.25 ERA. Their FIP, again, no fielders involved. Just the pitchers alone is 1.58. It is the complete opposite. They're also 6-0. It is the complete opposite of your Boston Red Sox. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it has me rethinking my Yankees prediction for the winning the division because if no one can hit off of you. You're going to win games. Yeah. Uh, nobody can hit off them, and they are riding some serious uh, Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco uh, hot bats right now. Um, Franco where... who hurt his hand or wrist last year, and now he's back healthy. Yep. Uh, they are. I overlooked him, too, because I picked the Yankees, who aren't. It's not like the Yankees are playing bad. But, uh, yeah, the Rays look untouchable right now in almost every facet. Um, they're so they're so much better defensively than most other teams. And that, like, really makes a difference. The other night, uh, 
Adam Duvall, there was a homer to center field, at like a, the opposing bullpen in center, uh, right center field. About. I know exactly where you're going with this. In the way, the way Adam Duvall approached the wall, it looked like the wall was like, had like one of those jackass hands to come out and slap him. Like, yeah. He looked so nervous in that triangle. Yeah, it looked and like you, it was gonna you can tell him. that that's that's gonna be a problem for the rest of the year. He started hitting the warning track and realized, like, oh, that's right, it's not like this nice round uh, circle for mm-hmm. most ballparks. There's a weird triangle here, and he looked. I mean, I'm not gonna say that he could have jumped up, reached over, and grabbed that ball, but right. he, as soon as he got close to the wall, he gave it no effort. Yeah. Coco Crisp and that right just doesn't happen that. with the Rays. Coco Crisp ran right into that shit to win Game Seven of the ALCS in 2007. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I remember that. I was going to say I was there, but I was at Game Two of that series. I want to finish this podcast. Oh, before I go three and zero in your stump game, I just want to finish. Name this baseball player through three games, six games. Sorry. Okay. Three doubles, three home runs, seven RBI, uh, and he is slash lines. It's not the right time to do it. Obviously, we're a weekend, but slashing 409, 440, 955. Can you name that player? Okay. Um, Three doubles, three home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm going to say... That that is uh, my boy, CJ Crown. You're wrong. It is Xander fucking Bogarts, Jack. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I actually, I have yet to send a, a group message saying, does anybody see how good Bogarts is playing in the first week? Jesus of the year? Christ. All right. Well, they also traded Mookie Betts. He is, uh, yeah, he is. He's raking. He's very good at baseball. Like, I remember saying in the World Baseball Classic, I stayed up late to watch a Netherlands game where he homered and he went three for three. And I said, this dude already looks like it's midseason form. And luckily for the Padres, because nobody else on that team has really like clicked in yet. Um, But man, God damn. what a damn start to the year. <laughs> Mookie, All also right, very Tom. good. Okay. Yeah, I be, that's that's getting redundant, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to um, be redundant because I'm going to say it until I die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Tom. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm fired up now. <clears throat> the MVP of this season, the National League MVP of this season, Mr. Cub himself, Ernie Banks. The American League MVP, Boston's own Jackie Jensen. Okay. Uh, Some other things here. Um, the Cy Young winner again. This was uh, when they only did one Cy Young winner for the majors. Was the New York Yankees Bob Turley? That does not help. He also finished second in the AL MVP. Um, and this, I don't want to give you this hint because I think it might help you. Please. Both 
the Dodgers and the Giants move to California in this season? That was 19. Got the first half right. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> um, hold on. I'm seeing the graphic on Ken Burns baseball of all the teams. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I tap into it, too. Um, the Dodgers won the World Series in 1955. They weren't very good in 1956. Buzzy Bavasi was like, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm going to say the year our parents were born in 1958. 3-0, Tommy Brown. Good Ooh. job. I knew that would do it. Uh, just some other stats here because it was actually a pretty great baseball year. St. Louis's Stan Musial becomes the first player since Paul Wainer to collect 3,000 hits. Roy Campanella career ended when he was yeah, paralyzed in a crash. car accident um gold glove selections are made for the first time in each league and ted williams led the league in hitting at 328 at aged 40 guy could hit oh, damn what a what a player uh mickey mantle and willie mays had amazing years as well because it was at when they were at the height of their powers in 1958 and uh, the Yankees won the World Series. So great job, Tommy Brown. I was going to wait for uh, you to say. Three and like, I was going to, you know, maybe have need to get to the World Series, but I had the 50s in mind. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not going to help because the Yankees probably won. That's just going to do nothing for me. They did. They did a lot of winning. All right. I knew well, it was going to be the New York. I knew it was going to be the New York teams going to California. Oh yeah, and then I I knew I was gonna have trouble with fifty-seven and fifty-eight. I that's where the trouble was, but I I just read a book about the yeah. about a librarian uh, over here. Yeah, called The Lords of the Realm, and it's about the owners and how ownership like was not great I'm... it turned out for the first hundred years of major league baseball <laughs> i'm reading the uh the big poppy autobiography um because i you know because i saw him in worcester and we're who boys. wrote it uh him and michael holly kidding you said autobiography it was a joke oh. that's for the Funny. that's for the deep that's a deep cut for the, my fans on on the line all right jack yeah, those... go warm up your back uh, opening yeah. day at Cyprian Key is probably going to be crowded. Do you get like, is there like a a buffet or something? Um, No. Uh, shout out to Karen Chiogli who runs the catering and restaurant over there. But, uh, oh shit, um, really? Oh yeah. Uh, no, restaurants still kids. closed. Yeah, we both did. Um, <laughs> yeah, Can so. You, uh, what are the member benefits? Do you have a polo? No. There aren't many uh, member benefits other than I don't have to pay when I go there. So I mean, that's that. probably the biggest front. one. But yeah, yeah how... you got to do it up front. Can you give me a ballpark of how many times you have to go for it to make sense? 20, 20 times. Hmm. That's doable. Yeah. Oh, I'll get that. I'll get that out of the way by the middle of May. Wow. Jesus. It's and I you, live less than a mile. And you still can't break a hundred. All right, Jack. Well, good luck. That's this year. bullshit. 
break a hundred. We're really hoping we're really pulling. If you, for you cut this out, if you cut my end of this out of the podcast. <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Bye, Tom.